the Rupert Murdochs, the Bransons, the Trumps, all those people, they also get stuff that goes wrong too, often humiliatingly in public. They have, you know, husbands or wives who might leave them, daughters who put nude photos up on the internet, their best friend gets cancer. They go through all those same things. Their businesses go up and down. They hurt just as much, but they have ability to get back up quicker. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you for the latest Courageous Conversation and with me I have got Leona Watson. Leona, how are you? I am pretty good today. How are you? Yeah, awesome. It's been a long time since you and I connected. You were running and owning the Cheeky Food Group um, back in the day. Now I believe you sold that business, uh, what, two weeks before COVID hit? <laughs> well, I got my last payment two weeks before COVID hit, but yeah, that was pretty lucky. Um, because Checking Food Group is, um, it, it was about team building, right? Cooking as, yeah. as a team building exercise. So that would have been a challenge to run during COVID. It was. And it was even a challenge to launch. I mean, this is before, I, I launched this in 2002. This is before yeah. there was Google. Yeah. So imagine the world without realestate.com and domain.com. What? Sure. <laughs> Just yeah. think about that and Google. Um, there was no Gordon Ramsay and there was no MasterChef yeah. when I launched. And um, so I had 17 great years, but then it was time to, time to let it go. Time to let it go. So let's just go back to that launch strategy pre-internet almost. Um, what, how, did, how did you actually do it? Oh, look, I just picked up the phone. Like, I, honestly, it was just, it was, you know, anyone else today would call it hustling. Back then it was just called pick up the phone and get some work. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. You've got the yellow pages out. I feel like I'm ageing myself about 75 years here, like I was, you know, born in World War II. But it was, <laughs> um, that, that really was, what you know, industry magazines, uh, inserts in industry magazines, and that was kind of it, but really calling on any, any contacts, you know, that I had. And... Um, the old networking. Yep, that's it. Do it. A lot of trade shows. A lot of trade shows, I think. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so you got out of the business in um, March of 2020 with the intention of going and living in Bali for a period of time to kind of regroup and recover from all of those years of hard work. COVID put paid to that, though. So how did you, how did you cope with that sort of emotionally and mentally? It was a bit, to be honest with you, it was a little bit tough at first because I was like, oh, no, okay, I can't, just go and, I can't just go and gift myself this time off. Yeah. So once I had time off, I was stuck at home. Yeah. And, uh, and basically what I ended up doing was just helping a lot of my uh, business friends in the industry with business coaching. Like, you know, I'm, I'm quite highly creative, but I'm actually really good with numbers as well. I'm a real, like my background was actually customer loyalty programs, a lot of database marketing before I started Cheeky. So, uh, and when everything's good, everything's great. But then when all of a sudden the work wasn't coming in for a lot of, you know, smaller players in the industry, I just got in there and helped them. I sometimes have to make some of those tough decisions. And I did a lot of that for free because I felt so ridiculously grateful that I didn't have my company. Because you would have had to make massive changes and stand people down and, all of that sort of stuff. Totally. 
I probably would have closed shop in all honesty. Like, you know, if I look back, yeah. But no, you just sort of keep going. And so then I was always going to look at going into, and I was already doing some speaking, but I was always going to go more into the speaking. I guess the coaching side then started to build a little bit because yeah. a lot of businesses were in trouble. And sometimes they just, it was, you know, it was a, a hug, but with a bit of tough love reality checks on some things that just need to make some big decisions on. And also I get re-excited about, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. So um so I did that during the, most of that COVID time. And then, yeah, just been concentrating on the speaking and coaching and facilitating and, and also some adventure tours. I love a bit of an adventure. So, oh, really? Yeah, leadership ones as well. I just got back from New Zealand, scoping out some great places to, to take people, to get, get out of the office. And what a great excuse for a holiday of your own, right? <laughs> you're scoping it out. You're doing a recce. Hello, I'm all over that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been guilty of shopping trips to New York being um, 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 also combined with doing real estate um, work as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm a master at that myself. So you do a lot of leadership stuff um, with, um, with women as well. What do you notice about the way women sort of present themselves in leadership sort of positions? What's your, yeah, what do you notice and what's your advice? Look, I think, you know, the, the talk at the moment is, it's pretty big. It's all out there over the last couple of years. I think the thing with women is there's a tendency to feel that if they just do more, they're going to be recognised. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I do that extra project, if I do those extra studies, if I do the MBA, that you know, if I do all this, I'll be better than everyone else. And there's a kind of a comparison thing that can go on, and. You know, and then I'm be the more empathetic leader, you know, show kindness everywhere. And there's nothing wrong with having a really seriously good, kind heart. Honestly, there isn't. But there are times to dial things up in your personality type and there are times to dial things down. And it's knowing when. Okay. It's knowing when. And if you think, um, you know, I would guess that, you know, Jacinda Ahern, she knows, seriously knows when to dial it up, especially in front of a camera. But without doubt, she'd be, and, and I say that, with respect for her but without doubt she'd be dialing that down when she's got to make some serious decisions right and and make some tough calls and have those tough conversations if you think about you know your your topic courageous conversations yeah if you do all you bring to the table is just being kind and wanting to be you know empathetic you're not going to kind of often you end up not being particularly kind to yourself and leadership starts with self-leadership how do you actually, I'm not known for being particularly kind, so it's not a problem that I actually have, but I do know people around me who are incredibly kind and caring. How do you actually know when and how to dial that back when you need to? I think it's there's once you become aware of it and your instincts start to kick in. So the second you kind of go, why am I the only one always back late at night? you know when was the last time I actually said no to a project when was the last time I said no to a staff member like do I even ever say no and it's okay to say no people say no all the time but if you know in your heart that you feel icky and irky and and if you know you kind of like there's that term people pleaser which I think is a really negative term but if you turn that around and just say you're someone who loves to please people yeah, that's a that's a fantastic thing. But if it's at the expense of yourself and you hear yourself 
you know, at the bar with your girlfriends over a shardy or a sablon, whinging about how you're the one who's always doing everything and you hear yourself stuck in that kind of that story, yeah. there's a good chance it's when you need to do it. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow. Obviously, if I'm doing coaching with someone, I kind of, we kind of, we kind of get ourselves there. Um, but once you know it, once you realise it, you can't unrealise it. Well, that's the thing, right? That's a really powerful way of putting it. You know, when you are having a cheeky shardy with your, um, with your girlfriends, are you whinging about mm. those sorts of things? And that might just that comment might be enough for someone to go, oh, actually, yeah, let me think a bit more about that. What does that mean? Yeah. And look, it's the same for men as well. Men can fall yeah. into the trap. But I think yeah. women are, it's a bit more part of part of who we are. And and again, it has it has such a beautiful place in society, also at work, but there are definitely times that if you're sacrificing kindness to yourself yeah. and you're staying back and you're not looking after your own health and everything just to be seen, to be doing, doing, doing in order to try and get a leadership role, then there's something out of kilter and that's definitely time to, <gasps> okay, how else can I play this one? And it's not being untrue to your values either. No. You can still be kind, but you can be kind to yourself first and you can also, like, it, it, here we are talking about courageous conversations. You need to have that with yourself. Totally. And that's what this is all about, right? It's not just the conversations you have with others. Sometimes the toughest conversations are the ones that you have um, with yourself. I know certainly when I went through the process of deciding whether or not to buy into Lang & Simmons, I had some really, really difficult conversations with myself. And sometimes I had them out loud, <laughs> which is a bit weird, but, you know, whatever works, right? Well, I did exactly the same when I sold Cheeky. Yeah. So I was literally over in Italy on an ocean swimming safari, go figure, but swimming around Cinque Terre. And then I, you know, I noticed that sales sort of going down and I was probably on my fourth or fifth Aperol spritz. And I was just like, okay, what do I do? Turn the, literally, I remember literally turning over my beer coaster and writing out, okay, here's, I can do this. It's just a business model issue. It's not a personal issue. Da -da 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 -da, made a couple of notes. Or the third note was, or I could sell. Yeah. And I let that sit, let it sit for a week. And I snuck back into Australia a little bit early and grabbed a flip chart, got myself into an Airbnb at the back of Kayama. And I just went through a whole pile of what ifs. As I said, I'm a numbers person. So what if I do this? What if I try and merge with someone? What if I blah, 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 blah. Um, and in the end, I went, no, it definitely is the right thing to sell. And then I worked on me. So then I worked on, am I ready to be the person who's ready to let this baby go? Oh, you, you separated the actual financial business decision with your own emotions around selling it. Totally, because then I could look at both because there are good decisions for selling and there are good decisions to stay. Yeah. And then there are uh, good decisions emotionally to stay and good decisions why I might want to sell. And it was then all about balancing it up. But in looking at the numbers for me, uh, you know, and, and, and I've been doing it for 17 years, the, the same thing. It was ridiculous, you know, it didn't exist when I first started. So I literally created something. And that's, I'm really proud about that. Yeah. You know, stuff some things up monumentally, epic failures, <laughs> monumental proportions as well. But I sat down and I went, I went, okay, so you are ready to sell. And I had looked at potentially selling about three years prior. Yeah. And I'll actually I'll talk about the dips that you have in being in love with your company and when you are so not. Divorce is imminent. Um, and and I went, I need to be a different person. So what do I, so we're just chatting offline. You know, what do I need to do, be, have? Yeah. So what do I need to do? I need to get all my numbers and dollars and blah, 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 all that kind of, you need to get a proposal and list of people to potentially pay you. Okay, what do I need to have in order to do all of that? 
Um, okay, I need to have a really great relationship with my accountant because I'm gonna need some really quick turnarounds. I need to have some conversations with other people who solve. I need to have blah, 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 blah. Okay, in order to have all of that and to do all of that, who do I need to be? And I realized I had to be someone who was ready to have someone come in and poke fingers. It would be like having a child and they tell you, gee, they're a bit ugly from the left side, aren't they? Yeah. You know, like that's when it's yours. Well, you can be very, very defensive, right? About Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and I've coached some people around when they're in that sale place and the, the big S that you put up, yeah. which counts for nothing, but it's just all emotional stuff. And so I knew I had to, I got myself really clear on who I needed to be. And I need to be, I need to be gutsy. I remember I went to our industry uh, Christmas party and I walked up to the editor of the, the biggest magazine and I told her, and I went, and, uh, and I was shaking before I did that. And I went, who have I got to be? Who have I got to be? Who have I got to be? I got to be someone who's ready to sell this business and to do it well, to do it quickly, to do it fairly, boom, that was it. And it just helps you take the emotion out. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But people yeah. forget to talk about what they need to have and who they need to be. They just have a whole big massive to-do list. That's where the gold is. And the comment, that conversation is so um, is so relevant. As you know, a lot of our audience um, are real estate agents or in the real estate industry. Um, and it, it is really who do I need to be um, to be a successful agent in the current environment? And that's not just market mm. conditions. That's also with what's going on with technology, with what's going on with consumer expectations. Who do I need to be um, in that space? So that's a really interesting conversation to think about. Yeah, it's because if you, you know, like who do you need to be as, you know, as the owner, as someone just managing, you know, and it's, you know, pretty tricky up and down, a lot of things shaking up your industry at the moment, you know, again. And so who do you need to be to manage that? Manage your staff's concerns, you know, manage um, uh, your cash flow. Who do I need to be to manage my own well-being? Yeah. Who do I need to be? And you kind of got to get, and it's if you just stay stuck in do, then you are you, you're stuck in the story and you just spin. Whereas if you're really clear on who do I need to be, what do I need to have around me to make sure I'm going to be that person and get this stuff done, life's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. You made reference um, then to what happens when you fall out of your love with your business, and I think in real estate, you know, yes, we have had a property boom. Um, however. Having a property boom during COVID when you've got uh, everything else going on um, at the same time, difficulties with properties under management and your tenants and your landlords and so much stress in a couple of years. And now we've come out of that and bang, we've got a new government, we've got interest rates going through the roof, we've got um, inflation going through the roof. There are plenty of agents out there going, you know what, why? Why am I doing this? I just don't love this anymore. What would be your advice? Oh, don't tell them all to sell it though. Yeah, <laughs> don't sell, don't sell. Do you know what? Like, it's not unusual. Any business, any time, you know, whether it's an Uber that comes in and disrupts you, or you just you just bloody over it. You know, um, you do fall in and out of love with your business, and you know, I, like, it's a bit like it's a bit like you know, you wake up and you look at your partner who you've been sleeping with for seventeen years, and you look at them, and you go. What are you doing here? I go, what am I still doing here? And you kind of go, I don't love you anymore. What's going on, you know? And then you sort of sit with it for a little bit and you huff and you puff and everything. And then all of a sudden one thing can happen and you fall back in love. Right. 
things can change in a millisecond. And, and again, it's about getting, I think it's really about getting back in touch with your why. Yeah. Funnily enough, this morning, Leanne, honestly, I found this article that I wrote two years ago to my former, like to my former self, like before I would have started Cheeky. So it's sort of a little bit like, you know, your endless enthusiasm will attract fantastic clients and stuff. It'll also annoy the bejeepers out of your staff. So like just, just a whole pile of different points. One of the ones that was in there was around, I just kept getting the reaffirmations of why I had the business that I did and why I was successful at it and why I had the energy to be doing two, three events a day sometimes myself lugging around big boxes. Like it was full on. It was, you know, sometimes I'd be standing up for 21 hours and sometimes I'd just get over it. But you just, you just need to take a bit of a moment, really get really clear on why you're doing it. Like why, why it's, um, and for some people that'll be different. So for some, it'll be, this is creating a great future for my family. This is creating a legacy for my kids who might be in the business. This is helping people find that home where they'll have their stories and they'll have their Christmas days and they'll like, so whatever it is, whatever it is that just, um, just soothes your nervous system a little bit, yeah. write it on your wall and relook at it every now and again. And seriously, if you are in that real point where you're, where you are thinking of selling, you know, a bit like before you ditch a relationship or something like, you know, something really serious, like in marriage, take some take a take go away for a little set you know like give yourself a break of course you're going to be in this space and so the the emotional roller coaster of an entrepreneur and a business owner is there's no other way about it it's like the seasons you're going to be up and you're going to be down so when you're up so when you have those glory years like you know you guys kind of had last year whilst there was a stress of managing a lot of people for you know not paying there was also some good money coming in. Lock that vibe in. Lock that feeling in. Celebrate hard. Because if you celebrate hard, then you it becomes a magnet. People want to be the people who create that celebration. And sometimes when things are going good, you just keep, oh, it's another sale, it's another sale, it's another sale. And all of a sudden the buzz of it goes. So when you like I used to get a bottle of champagne out at 9:15 in the morning if we if we sell sold. <laughs> Should have come and worked at my place. Um, if, if we sold something, great. And then it, we only have like one glass or whatever, but it just meant that people then got kind of that deliciously addicted to the feeling of what, of, what, of what a good sale can be. And you then just transfer that good feeling to something else. So it could be creating a different process. It could be doing a great brainstorm with the gang. It could be doing a stop, start, keep process with your team. What should we stop doing? Start doing, keep doing. And then, and then you ask the why. Why should we keep doing that? Oh, we're really good at that. Let's do some more of that. Let's focus on that over the next six months or it's going to be a bit tougher. So you just got to look at things um, a little bit differently. But as a business owner, 100% get back in touch with your why. Be really clear on what that is. And, and uh, you know, there's a couple of processes that you can do around that from a, from a coaching point of view um, that anyone can do on their own. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I'm really guilty of moving on. Um, I expect things to go well. Um, mm -hmm. And so when we have something that goes really well as a team, I'm, I'm more focused on, okay, what else could we have done? What, you know, I know it was really good. Yep, that's awesome. Well done, team. Yay. 
But what could we have done better? What Where were the bits that went wrong, even if nobody else saw it? And so I'm really guilty of that. My team, if they're watching this, will be laughing their heads off going, yes, she is. Can I tell you, I was also guilty, very yeah. guilty of that when I was in my, probably in my bolshiest phase. Yeah. And, you know, but I had a team building company, as you know, as it was team building, you know, cooking events. So I did learn, though, to just stop but sometimes I could then criticise later and do the, oh, could, well, could, not so much criticise, what could we have done better? It's like, you know what, 80% is good enough if it's when it's good enough and it's done and our little perfectionist little things just need to take a little rest, go and have a drink under a tree and just sit out. <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier that you had a few epic fails when you were building the business and I've just got this little thing about um, failure, it, you need to reframe it, right? You need to shift your mind because no one ever gets great success without having some failures and issues along the way. It's just all about how you look at those failures and what you do next. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Look, I think there's a bit of a thing at the moment where it's so good to fail. Quite frankly, no, no, no. You're going to have failures. I don't get it. I don't get it in the media. Sure, people have failures, but let's not put it on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, you want more. <laughs> Otherwise, that becomes just okay to fail, which means you kind of didn't try hard enough like, or try the next time. So I, so I kind of, failure is all part of it. Yeah. It's not something to aspire to. So, and I no, think. No, absolutely not. But you've got it's something to learn from, right? You've got to get curious oh, about it. Totally. So I had, like, I, had, I had a few epic ones as a leader and as a manager that hurt me badly in terms of the business and that I nearly lost the business, you know, at one point where I, as a leader, I did not step up. I didn't manage a situation. Um, I wasn't the leader they all signed on to be with. And, uh, you know, like I still, I still get, you know, I'm not stuck in it, but I can still, I can feel myself even now just going, oh, I just so wish I did that better. But you got to kind of give yourself a little bit of a break. And, and if you have learned um the hardest thing is that when as business owners we're stuck in that loop of if things are going wrong often there's a bit of cash lurking around loss of cash somewhere yeah. so then that anxiety starts to go up and it's very difficult not to push that out to your staff yeah and it's absolutely the last thing you you have to do and the other thing you end up doing is you spend all your time with the the staff who aren't necessarily who, who are doing okay and you kind of ignore then your A players because you think they're doing all right. They're doing right. Yeah, it's true. And then you find they've gone. Yeah. Because you haven't been giving them any love. Um, I am in the middle of writing a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll look forward yeah. to reading it. It's it, this, oh, God, really epic ones. But um, but also there are some things that I did really well. So you've just got to look at the whole, the whole picture. But certainly the most difficult thing is not wallowing in it. Yeah. Because remember, I was talking about the emotional roller coaster of you know whether you're a leader, whether you own the company, whether you're a manager, or even your self leadership, your vision of yourself. You, you there's there's going the, the lows are never going to go away. There's going to be another COVID. There's going to be another something. There's going to be an Uber who hits your industry. There's going to be something technologically that's going to screw everything up on what you were doing just last week. That was like ooh ooh, and everyone's having a great old time with. The other thing as well, just on that, is that if you feel that you are, you're getting stuck in that a little bit. And as business owners, we can sometimes. Um, 
give your second in charge permission to give you a nudge. Someone you trust. Yeah. Uh, unlikely to be your partner at home, but someone you might trust in the industry or a really good friend to say, to basically steal your credit card, book you in somewhere and just say, you need to get out of here for two or three days or a week. But if you've given people permission, um, mm. I always just say, yeah, no, I've got to give myself an uppercut or give myself an attitude readjustment. I let myself wallow, but not for too long. Mm. Um, but it depends on how self-aware you are in the situation, right? Yeah. Well, I remember after the GFC, you know, I was flying high. I just put out my business partner at the time and, and I literally phoned Telstra to say, oh, I think the, I, I literally, I think there's something wrong with the phone. I literally phoned them because yeah. when people are laying people off, they do not do team building. It no, was, I, I, I could have just shut the doors. Anyway, and I, all of a sudden I'd always been successful and, all, and I just took it so personally. This is all about me now. And that's another thing that business owners tend to do. We kind of um, identify ourselves too closely with the business. Very, very dangerous. Um, but I just, I realised I had to find something else. And I went to a lot of different, I've always done a bit of personal development kind of stuff and, and a bit of awareness. Um, I heard a really great new word for that, by the way, the, the, the personal expansion rather oh, than. Oh, nice. I like that. That's so much nicer, is that? Is. Um, and I heard someone say, you know, the, the Rupert Murdochs, the Bransons, the, the Trumps, the, all those people, they also get stuff that goes wrong too, often humiliatingly in public. They have, you know, husbands or wives who might leave them, daughters who put nude photos up on the internet. They, you know, their, their best friend gets cancer. They go through all those same things. Their businesses go up and down. They get, they hurt just as much, but they have ability to get back up quicker. Yeah. It's just the ability to get back up quicker and be able to be um, productive during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. Resilience is so important. Oh, resilience. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you and I could clearly talk all day. I think that's obvious already. Um, but, um, but we're almost out of time. But before I let you go, you have um, just um, sold and bought um, a new property. Yes. What was the experience like and what can you share with our real estate agents out there watching? Okay. So I had a place. <laughs> so I had a place in Surrey Hills, two bedroom, two bathroom, security car park. There's no way this place was not going to sell. And I've been there for 15 years. So I knew all the local people and when I bought it and I actually ended up buying it off my, the landlord, but different story. So I had a couple of them come in and pitch. And I ended up picking one because I thought they would have the most um, share in terms of their try and sell to and beyond their own region, but other people who might buy it as an investment property or whatever. Yeah. The other thing I said to them was, seriously, I could put a for sale sign out myself and this will sell and I will get X amount of dollars. Yeah. I said, you don't have to be good at it. And I said, so I will pay you a little bit less commission up to that rate. Yeah. But 10% for every dollar you get over it. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's even, you know, but that was all contracted. Well, some people, yeah, some, some agents absolutely work that way, particularly in a rising market like we've just come out of. Yeah. Well, it was always going to sell. It was just for how good a price. And so I wanted to incentivize someone rather than just have the hammer go down. And, and I'm about sales and marketing. You know, that's a lot of my thing. So how am I going to motivate someone to do that? And that was pretty good. I was then going to move up to Queensland for a little while and, and then, you know, ended up COVID, locked in again. Uh, so I went and found a place. I was just hanging out down at, at Clavalley 
And then four months later, I went to get back into the market and I could not believe how much dollars I had lost buying power. Like I was, you know, easily 10%, 15%. So everything I was looking at was all of a sudden so much more. Very hard that the price that people put, I lost a lot of money, Uh, not a lot lot of money, sorry, I wasted money by getting contracts looked at and all that kind of thing because the the price that people were saying then what it actually went for. To be honest with you, I got really annoyed with that. In fact, so annoyed I went and got a buyer's agent who I kind of knew and they were just great got on really well with them they then worked with all the the agents and I would just get a real price so and you know I ended up buying where I am off market and I looked at it at quarter to 12 and I owned it by 4 p.m nice I had everything all lined up had the checkbook there now I know some other people who've used agents buyers agents and haven't had such great success but um I was actually getting a bit scared of being able to get into the market and that wasn't a good place to be, you know, and I'm single. So that was, you're kind of going through it emotionally. I think that's a lesson to all agents actually is, um, is cause we do it every single day. Right. So yeah, it comes out of it, but for people, particularly um, if you are single or if you've got a young family mm-hmm. and you're worried, you're not going to be able to, you know, get that roof over your family's head. It does get very stressful and very emotional. Yeah. And I think that, um, there's something in there about whether it's a buyer's agent or whether it's an agent or whether it's, you know, making great relationships with the, with the real estate agents or the real estate agents making good relationships with the people is, you know, just really look at them when they walk in, ask a couple of questions. Like I used to always wear, I've got this pink sparkly kind of a cap. And like the reason why I wore it in as the buyer was I wanted to be remembered by all the agents. That was when I was going as my, my own or with the buyer's agent. Yeah. And I think that the agents need to do the same thing in return. Yeah. So that I will always make sure I go back and have a second or a third look at that agent's property over that agent's property because I just trust and know them more. And now while things are maybe a little bit quieter, there's a little bit of nervousness out there and not just doing a phone call, you know, don't just do the phone call, just do the send a message and say, hey, I'm in the area. Do you fancy going for a coffee or something? You know, like, especially when people are all locked in or you don't, they don't have to say yes, but it's about just showing, I just want to make sure that you're all settled and you're all good. And it's about relationships. It's about the relationships because if they're buying, they've got other friends. Yeah. Other friends and other friends who are all buying. But agents focus on the vendors because they're the ones who pay the commission. Um, and so that's, um, that's a challenge. We do need to remember that the buyers become the vendors. Especially now while you've got the time. I can understand it when you're busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just another marketing. It's another marketing thing to do. Uh, but if you remember that someone was particularly nervous or they're on their own or they had kids, a single mom or something like that, that's, you know, just that extra bit of loving, they'll talk about that. And then you're you're so you're so regional. You're like it's all happening in that suburb. They want that suburb. The more you can be the person that they're talking about outside the school gates, you want to be that person and want to be spoken about with love and how you help them. All about relationships, people. All about relationships. On that note, thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you, because you are speaking on leadership, on sales, on marketing, on all kinds of things that are very relevant to a lot of our audience, where will they find you? Uh, you can find me just at um, www.leonawatson.com. Pretty straightforward. Um, and it's just leona at leonawatson.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn. 
uh, yeah, come and say, just, just book, just come and say hello. Come and say hello. Let's build a relationship. You know, don't have to buy now. Let's just you know, <laughs> exactly let's just chat. You know, always up for a good chat. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for your time. It's been lovely reconnecting. Thank you. Thanks, Leanne. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.